Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. We've arrived at the 10th X-Men movie, and apparently it takes that many to make a truly fantastic one. So join us as we celebrate, discuss, and scrutinize James Mangold's Wolverine finale, Logan. Along the way, you'll get spoilers for Rocky Balboa, The Twelve Dates of Christmas, X-Men Origins Wolverine, The Wolverine, X-Men United, and X-Men Days of Future Past. For you avid listeners out there, the ones who argue that you could win a game of You Hate Movies trivia, still waiting for someone to prepare such a thing. But for you avid listeners, you you remember that we did this whole episode on the X-Men movies um, back when X-Men Apocalypse was about to come out. And if you haven't, go listen to it. It's great. Yeah, and we ranked the movies and we spoke at length about um, the way that some of us, in particular Patrick, has such a soft spot for the character of Wolverine and, and Hugh Jackman's depiction of Wolverine that he's inclined to like the movies even when they're bad. Yeah. Or he's inclined to deliberately see past their imperfections. He refuses to acknowledge when they're bad. <laughs> that might my, be a better way to say My glasses it. are hue colored. <laughs> he is living alive. <laughs> uh, so this should be a very satisfying time for people like Patrick and, you know, even myself to be alive when you have had to wear those glasses for 10 movies or for nine very, movies. Yeah, a long time. Only to arrive at movie 10 and get something that the world seems to consider um, with some amount of agreement, truly wonderful, which is uh, Logan, the 10th movie in the X-Men franchise. Sort of, kind of, but yeah. Yeah, it's in there. And the ninth time that Hugh Jackman has appeared as Wolverine in an X-Men movie. Um, Even though Days of... No, not Days of Future Past. was First Class. It's just... Yeah, it's like sitting a at a bar. Eleven second cameo or yeah. something. Yeah, and Apocalypse is only like an eleven second cameo. Right, he's running around with that thing strapped <laughs> to his head. Right, that weird headgear. <laughs> Utterly pointless and distracting in the context of that crappy movie. Mm. But arguably but, the best part of the movie. But part of you also goes, "Hey, cool, <laughs> Hugh Jackman as Wolverine." I love that. So we all went and saw uh, Logan after all the hype, after all the. Um, the critic reception was bleeding out into the world long before the movie or a few weeks before the movie was officially released. And it was hard to ignore the things that were being said. Uh, Patrick it actually encouraged the group, let's get our hopes up, he said. Like, uh, officially, let us get our hopes up together. So we went and saw it. Matt Hughes is here tonight. He saw Logan. I did. Yep. I saw it with many of the people in this room. Uh, I, all of them, actually. That's true. I just remembered that when I said many. <laughs> but it was everyone, plus Ty- other people. Tyler Hans is here. Hey. You saw you saw Logan? Yeah, I was there. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. You were. Guess who's uh, on the show again for the first time in a long time? Woo-hoo. Peter Rollo. Hey, it's me. You re- may, may remember him from such classic episodes as uh, Jurassic Park 3 sucks, um, thun- the first Thunderdome with movie robots. Yep. And weren't you on the flight of the navigator? Oh yeah, as well? yeah. Yeah. Also, Peter is the one who uh, preached at us to be uh, movie pure long before we were actually trailer pure. That's true. Yeah, he's he, a. He's I encourage a, everybody to be pure. He's an old veteran and not watching trailers. Yeah, yeah. He was ruining everyone's fun way back when, <laughs> and we slowly caught up to his bitterness and <laughs> all became are. those cynical curmudgeons. Patrick's here. I'm here. Uh, big time fan of if you know the show of the comic book movies like many of us 
um, and uh, a big fan of Wolverine. I am all those things. Uh, and I'm I'm Josh. I'm here, and Abby is here as well. I'm here too. And Abby, correct me if I'm wrong, but would you say that of all the superhero movies, which you usually go, you're a good sport, you go see for the the hype and the fan fun togetherness. Yep. But don't you actually act have a soft spot for the Wolverine X Men movies? You like those more than the average? I do. I like X Men and I like Wolverine and Hugh Jackman. <laughs> of course, yeah, goes without saying. But you said it, nonetheless. Now. Before we actually drill into the finer points of uh, lo- slash into the finer points, I get of, the m- of the movie. It was a good gag. Yeah. Mm, mm. I w- want everyone to like pony up, say say what they thought. A couple of sentences uh, reveal your position before we actually start arguing the minutia. Matt Hughes, what did you think of Logan? I loved it. I think it was uh, the best Wolverine movie, the best X Men movie. Potentially the best superhero movie that has ever been. Whoa. Really, you had a favorable impression of the movie. You liked it, guys. I, I was into it. I wept twice. Whoa. I, just, I spent the next three days thinking about it. I'm intending to go see it once, if not twice more, at the theater. Okay. You liked it. Tyler. Liked it. Wait, I want to know where, why, where and why were you weeping? <laughs> when we get into the minutiae. No, I want to know now. You want to know now? I I uh, teared up when uh, Charles was dying. No, you say weep. That's like significantly different than teared up. Okay, there yeah. there were tears running down my face. Yeah, a weep I'd like call, more of an I'd call that like crying, cry, like yeah. a sob. I'd yeah, call it a, no, weep is a more uh, aggressive yeah. sob. Okay, full body convulsion. A weep is something you hear. A sob can be quiet. Okay, then I was sobbing. Okay. Apologies for my hyperbole. I did then weep thinking about the trailer the next day when I watched the trailer. I went to the toilet at work and had a little cry. On the toilet? On the toilet. Well, were you using it at the time? In the toilet. I didn't the have my pants were up. In no. the toilet? No. <laughs> now we're into something else here. Was the, the British say the in the toilet. You just mean the bathroom. Right. I was just in the restroom. Right. That's not the toilet. The toilet is the thing that you, you Oh, I was you using, using the facilities. And, uh, Shouldn't you call it the loo or something? I, I could, although I Water you WC. would tease me for that. No, Anything no, 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 I say no. at this point, I'm going to get rid of you No, for. saying in the toilet is confusing. Like but to I'll you, accept, you think I'm standing in right. the actual bowl? That is what you're saying. Yeah. It's not. I, it would be better if you, you just stuck to like water closet. I understand that. But I don't say that. I'm not posh enough to say water closet. Right. It's like my dad's. Tyler, what did you think of Logan? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was. It's definitely the best Wolverine movie. I felt. I felt good for Hugh Jackman finally, <laughs> finally having a Wolverine movie. That's not just an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> he had one. The Wolverine is the only thing that's passable. Yeah. And remember, Tyler had a lot of questions about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go back and listen to our Best of X-Men episode and hear how confused I am about the Wolverine. Uh, yeah, they were just all Just a long list of question marks. Yeah, they were fair. Uh, but I thought that Logan was good. It's on the level with Days of Future Past, which is the best X-Men. Yeah, that's your favorite. It's close. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well done. Well done, everyone. All the <laughs> hey, Logan people. Hey, it was all worth it. Tyler's great work. all right. Great work. Uh, Peter Rollo, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was great. I appreciated it as a film 
regardless of it being a superhero film, I think it was a great movie, uh, even if it was categorized outside of a superhero movie. Yeah, just as a piece of filmmaking. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, Matt agrees with you. Patrick, what, now's your time after all these years. <laughs> Of, of 17 years you've been waiting for this watching x-men origins and pretending that you don't hate it <laughs> what'd you think of logan yeah uh i loved it i thought it was great but here's the thing is i think it's it's fair to say this time you know uh i think peter's crit or commented like because a lot of people were saying it like defies or goes beyond like what the comic book genre is and i thought it did it was just a really great movie you could have you didn't feel like you were watching uh, popcorn movie, right? And I, we love popcorn movies. It just it didn't feel like that though. And the the problem I have with it though is that you know the rated R tone and everything of it. It made it where I just can't watch those other ones now because they seem so lame to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, really it retroactively it, spoiled. Yeah, just like because now you're uh, it's like, let me go watch some of the other ones that I you know. <laughs> you watch those other ones. <laughs> you still watch to. them but i was like man now this, uh, this is not even good because i feel like the definitive per- performance has been done and it makes all these other ones look come so on you can't just put origins in and just watch origins no one's just watching origins <laughs> sorry for background you know he does the spin on the motorcycle yeah, he walks <laughs> yeah. away from that exploding helicopter yeah. it's uh, he cuts the sink deadpool oh. shoots lasers out of his eyes yeah. oh good lord <laughs> he, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's That's great weird. I loved Origin. it. It's a great movie. Yeah, the, I I read one article that said it's a it's a road movie and it's a western that happens to have superheroes in, as opposed to a superhero movie. And I was like, yeah, that's totally like the yeah. just the genre of film that it is is good enough and well written enough and well shot enough and engaging enough that even if that kid hadn't had blades coming out of her feet, I'd still have been really invested. In what was going on. Yeah, I'm sure this will come up a ton, but it seems like at the end of the day, this is uh, this is a movie that does not feel like it was pieced together with post-its from a studio uh, and a good director desperately trying to make sense of, you know, the studio's direction to sell toys. It feels like a movie that actually takes itself seriously as a movie, yeah. right? not yeah. just a piece of franchise. Because Jam- James Mangold, the director, he wrote it, right, as well as directed it. He wrote the story on which the screenplay is based. Yeah, he has a writing partner. So, I want to ask this question then, since everyone you didn't say what you thought. Oh, pardon me. I I love the movie very much. In fact, I left uh, the theater, um, and we'll talk about this in a second. With not, I wouldn't even call them qualms, but I I I was overwhelmed by how good it was, how much I enjoyed watching it. I was really moved by it. I thought it was really powerful. Um, and yet I felt like a little bit reticent about, you know, we've talked on the show a lot about how we send each other ratings through text of the movie. And I felt a a tad reticent to give it the full five kicks or moons in emoji speak. Um, so I think I opted for like four and a half or something like that. Uh, but then I found myself, uh, probably more so than any superhero movie in recent memory, maybe the most sense something like the dark Knight haunted by the movie for the following week where um, I was still kind of chewing on some of the themes and thinking of some of the images and the tonality and the performances again and again and again and again and again to where uh, it had, it had a a resonance I didn't really anticipate. Yeah. It really digs in and stays with you for a while. Really cuts deep. Yeah. It's like just hard to heal. Puncture wounds. Right. I get it. Yeah. 
because of the claws. Do you, right. do you think that stabbing? it's it's just haunting you because it's more or less a tragedy? I think so. You're saying goodbye to Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yeah, there's a man. It's hard to pinpoint exactly. There's something meta about like the bittersweet, like oh, it was cool. This guy is so beloved as an actor and particular in the role of this character. He won't do it anymore. So there's that. Um, and it's also Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier. Yeah, it was great. The two of them together and the... Bearing the, both of them. The place that they're in. It's almost like a, you know, a Rocky Balboa after Rocky V. You know, Rocky V is such a piece of trash. And then when you get to Balboa, he's like lost everything again. He's kind of bottomed out and Adrian's dead. And he's in this really sad, lowly state and having to try to resolve the character put back to nothing. And I think that's the reason that it worked and that Logan feels almost the same, much in the same way. Yeah, and it kind of makes the whole story, even the other movies, feel like the whole thing was a tragedy. Like, this is where it was always going to go and it's not a happy ending. And it makes the whole thing feel pretty dark. It's extremely bleak. And very, overall, just the tone is very nihilistic, very dark. Yeah. uh, And very serious. It's not... Yeah, all even the movies that are are borderline good, or I think at times really great with some stupid crap in them, like The Wolverine. Um, it, they don't just lapse from like cool action Wolverine movie into like not as cool. They go like into full on camp. Like, yep. this is you have a lady who's peeling her skin off, and so so, so stupid. He's fighting a giant robot now. Uh, this movie didn't really lapse into camp. If you had issues. Uh, I doubt that they would have to do with like it got corny and comic booky. It's very grounded in that sense as and tragic. In that yeah. Sense. So aside from that, what do you guys think worked? Why do people like it so much? What works about the movie? Well, everyone loves a good road trip movie, right? Yeah. Do it's they? just like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly sure. what road this trip. movie is. Hugh like. Jackman. For fans of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Patrick Stewart driving around. Road trip. Amy Smart. Right. <laughs> Right, the road trip movie just <laughs> named Road Trip. <laughs> yeah. Amy Smart, also uh, famous for her breakthrough performance in 12 Dates of, 12 Christmas. Days of Christmas. Bless yeah. her. The ABC Family 12 Dates of Christmas. Yeah, yeah in which she actually re- resolves everything and gets out of the time loop. Now, can you write the spoiler? <laughs> 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 and she says, honey, doesn't have a taste. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it yeah. does. Uh, smell. 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 Oh, sorry. Smell. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have a smell. Taste. Come on. Let's, we can't. I, Logan, <laughs> Logan did did not feel like a superhero movie. It felt like a a indie, almost dystopian type film that happened to be about superheroes. Yeah, and so I think that that's why it worked. They were they they slowed the pace way down. It got pretty gritty. They spent a lot of time on him laying in bed him <laughs> driving around him being tired looking in the mirror real slow stuff that essentially would be unimportant to any generic superhero film because they want to squeeze in more action scene helicopters but, exploding yeah right but but logan put in a lot of character development we probably spent the most time watching logan develop as a person in this one and the, and the other films yeah it's the most that you feel connected to him over the span of a single Right. Movie. So it it has that indie film type 
storyline where yeah. these big blockbuster action films they have a very clear rise in conflict and then resolution where it's just you know an incline and then a drop but this the indie film storyline is kind of you're you're meandering and going up and down and left and right there's no clear rise and fall of of the plot line it's just kind of watching this character develop and go in and out of the darkness that they're they're confronting within themselves yeah which is great james mangold described it as like a dark uh a darker superhero version of little miss sunshine (laughs) (laughs) that's yeah that's another road trip movie right yeah Yeah. that's a great one patrick as a fan of these movies who's been so forgiving in the past (laughs) what is it about this one that made it like finally i think that they found because the really great uh, superhero films I think or when the people are brave enough to say we're not going to do exactly in the comic book because that looks dumb on the screen and also we're not going to go too far away from the source material so you have like a good balance and you know like who better knows the character at this point than Hugh Jackman than mm-hmm. like a lot of probably comic book writers at this point he just has developed the on screen personality so much that only he can do it but also like they did the rated R thing which was to me like we all said like okay Deadpool's rated R so they all are going to do that now and we're like oh great it's just going to be rated R for the sake of that and the first word is is the F word in the film which is pretty great and then <laughs> I mean it just sets that tone <laughs> yeah it was like okay they're really not pulling any punches but it didn't feel like they were just doing it for the sake of doing it it felt like oh that's like actually we're seeing unrestrained what the character should be and do and what it should look like you know if he's slicing people up with those claws it should look terrible and it should be scary it was the first time those claws were scary to me you know we'll talk about the x24 in a minute i'm sure but like it felt like when he came out you're like oh crap this yeah. is like terrifying now. Yeah, before it was just kind of like oh it's it's funny they're flying around and stabbing each other now it's like crap this is really scary nine yeah. you know nine movies of hugh jackman just jumping on people with claws and then them falling out of the frame right <laughs> it finally yeah. made a little more sense to be like it seems like that'd be kind of gruesome if your main right. guy has yeah. razor sharp claws. They finally let you see it, yeah. And I like that that first fight. I thought that was really clever. There was so little dialogue, and it told us innumerable things about the world that Wolverine was living in, and about his character at that point. Because he's like, for some reason, taking a bullet instead of letting them shoot the car. There's that weird animated billboard, so you're like, okay, I'm definitely not now, and he's old and slow and isn't as fast and is trying not to kill those guys, so he's obviously in a place where he's not just senselessly senselessly killing people, so he's probably continued his character arc from previous movies about becoming more human and less animalistic. And I just thought it was a great opening sequence where you're like, okay, why why is he sleeping all drunk in the back of a car? What are we doing? Like... That's just, I thought that was just a really great setting of the scene. And then in that, you've got the F-bomb and you've got, shoots, he just put those through that dude's skull and that guy's got no freaking arm. Like, this is the real deal. Yeah, the thing that was best about the lack of restraint in the R rating, you know, we we had a ton of conversations when when we first found out that it was going to be rated R in the wake of the Deadpool success. And, um... It seemed to me like the same exact premise behind Deadpool in which the movie was successful and immediately studios are like, uh, oh, it's successful because it's rated R. It's successful because it's crass and 
James Gunn, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy, came out to say it's it's not successful because it's so offensive. It's successful because it's a unique movie that audiences connect with, and it happens to also be rated R. Um, so it it's interesting that Logan works so well within the confi- within the I guess the openness of its R rating, and it's gratuitously R uh, that something that Mangold was saying um, that for him getting an R rating had very little to do with cool. Now we can say the F word as much as it did. If I can convince the studio to let us get away with an R rating, then we're no longer making a movie that has to cater to kids and uh, more so than cool. Now we can show eviscerations. Now it's like we don't have to sell as many toys. We don't have to uh, make the plot as understandable and the pace as rapid as it would be if we were, clearly trying to create an, a PG-13 environment where people can sell action figures. Yeah, like Tyler said, we see him laying in bed and looking in right. the mirror a lot. Right, which is, you just got to believe that if they if they did, uh, you know, concede a, to a PG-13 movie, I think they, it wouldn't just be that there's no F words. It would be like tonally the thing that the studio would be like, we want people to fill up the theaters. Yeah, you I mean, have to move it along faster. Yeah, it would be different. I don't think there would be nearly as much like familial... Hey, this is him dealing with his adopted dad f- and feeling like a disappointment, and this is him learning how to love the way that he has longed to be loved in a familial setting, loving his daughter and sacrificing himself for her. Like you couldn't do that for a twelve-year-old. He wouldn't. The themes are decidedly yeah, more mature. Absolutely, which is wonderful. Abby, who just uh, joined us once again, what did? We need to hear what you think about Logan, and we need to hear why you think it was good if you liked it. Oh. Oh, I did like it a lot. I think probably my favorite of them all. Did you guys say that? We haven't officially ranked, but Tyler said it was on the level with Days of Future Past. On the level. Days of Future Past, yes. Those were very good, too. I mean, that one was. Um, I liked it um, because of what we were just talking about, the content or the theme seemed more mature and less like gimmicky i guess does that make sense sure um, yeah gimmicky and you mean like superhero gimmicky? yeah it was like to me maybe this is gonna make people hate me i liked uh superman versus Why? batman is that how you say it batman, v batman versus superman. Superman. Yeah. yeah i liked that because that seemed more like serious i mean there might have been some parts but like more serious than like i don't know other movies and the, I felt the same way about this I felt like it was more like less superhero hero-y we're gonna like fly around and shoot lasers out of our eyes like old Deadpool yeah which ironically flying around and shooting lasers out of your eyes happens in Batman v Superman <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you mean it like is kind of somber and sinister in tone rather yeah. than glitzy and flashy and popcorny yeah can I tell you one part that I've said before, uh, talking about the violence and the R rating. I feel like they pulled their punches with the girl, X-23. Laura, yeah. Violence to her. I thought that was kind of stupid. She heals. She didn't She didn't uh, endure enough she, violence. Everything was off screen. It was like they would like go in for it and it'd be off screen. When she dealt damage or whatever, uh, it was always shown. But anything to her which i understand you know i guess she's a little girl and big guys are like hitting her but 
it's already oh, it's interesting. Movie. I didn't even think about There's that. Really I actually like thought dark of it content. in the in the movie. I, I just started to notice that they would cut away. Or that she would, if she got like punched or something, it would happen in a way where we, we're not looking directly at it 99.9% of the time. In fact, I think there was like one landed blow that was depicted graphically. Yeah. And I I was thinking in the theater, it just must be because audiences would not be able to tolerate this tiny little girl getting beaten. I mean, it's not like a three-year-old. <laughs> she was <laughs> a tiny little girl. <laughs> but I, I wonder if with the level of violence that was happening, and I don't know the MPAA ratings, I... Apparently, no one does. It's all just made up. It's arbitrary. Exactly. Yeah. May, maybe that would have tipped it to the NC-17, which, you know, that's, de- that's death. Well, I they could have focus grouped it and all, everybody winced when the little girl got punched in the face. It could be. Yeah, yeah test audiences, I'm sure, would have pushed back yeah. on a 10-year-old Still. getting whooped on by 35-year-old men Although, with arms. I feel like it does change things that she's instantly healing. That, and exactly. That, and that she threw a decapitated head out into the mm, middle that of so that cool. field and... That was I didn't expect that level of brutality yeah. that early on in the film. No, me either. When she walked nice. out and I was like, oh, that's some dude's head. Then there it was. Yeah, I, I tend to recall, I think it might have been in that documentary about the MPAA, this film is not rated, that audiences and the MPAA tend to have a very low tolerance for violence against children, the disabled, and the elderly. Um, and that if uh, average moviegoers, even if they're in for a brutal movie, start to wince and squirm and lose their ability to focus if you depict too much in either of those three. You think even when she was healing, though? Because it would show her, like, slashed afterwards, and then it was healing. Yeah. I I mean, I didn't make it. You need to take your argument up with Mango. Uh, If you really wanted to see her get punched so bad. (laughs) (laughs) If you're desperate for some 10-year-old to get whooped, (laughs) email James Mango. Maybe he can send you the B-roll of the stunts. I will. What do you guys feel that there was anything that did not work in the movie? Matt, you know, I'm looking at you since you loved it so much. What was problematic? Was there anything that made you think that might have been different? Or do you feel like this is a perfect movie? Matt gave it five emoji stars. I did. I went I went one and above the five kicks and I right. gave it the full five stars. Saying that to him, this is a it's 11 out of 10. Perfect movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. This amp goes up to 11. Yep. Yeah, I can't. Um, I think uh, the only nitpicks I have are, I think, the first 20 minutes with the dialogue between Logan and Charles. I was like, man, I don't love that Charles is cussing as much as he is. He's like upper class old money New York like why well British and then lived in Westchester like why would he be cussing and then I was like no he's old he's got dementia it's fine and then I was like the the one part where I was like y'all just had an R rating and went too far was the boobs in the taxi I was like there those boobs <laughs> don't need to be there uh, uh, arbitrary like, that, that did zero <laughs> like we get it like Logan's driving around like a variety of people like drunk frat boys and girls going to prom but like we didn't need. I, there were that was an unnecessary boob shot. That felt yeah. That did feel a bit like we were rated R. Yeah. Check oh, boobs. Like, that felt kind of weird and like broy. Like we got a rated R movie. Let's put some boobs in it. I'm like, I, why? You could take those out completely, and it would. What kind of voice was that? You were just that doing? was like a weird like a bro. stupid bro voice. Like oh, I got some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I got some boobs. The bro has boobs. Yeah, because they feel like they own women because they're misogynists. 
Oh, I see. Yeah. I I have something that I thought was that uh, I thought was not the best, or could have been better. I'm drowning here. Let me get Matt out of this where he starts making more impressions. Still on the boobs over here. (laughs) Uh, It it didn't uh, bother me enough because I gave it five kicks, not five stars. So it didn't bother me enough to take it down or anything. But I thought that it could have been just her and not the other kids. I don't think those other kids were necessary. And I thought that it kind of gotten to old X-Men territory. We're like, oh, we're just seeing uh, mutant powers for the sake Mm -hmm. of mutant. Oh, there's Iceman's kid or, you know, whatever it might have been, you know. Um, And then. Well, it seemed like they were just trying to set it up for the next generation. I get that. And that's, you know, that's fine. But I thought the story could have been. Would have been just as yeah, good, maybe it. even better if it was just her. Like, oh, they just replicated the most powerful killing wet mutant they ever had. Yeah, but when he shows up to that fire tower and he's looking around and he sees this this tight group of kids who are all f- learning to fight back, it's like, oh, well, this is this is the next class. Yeah. But aren't those kids just screwed now? Like, where are they going? Canada. They're, they're going to Canada. There's a refuge. The director actually said he wanted to make a film that didn't need to have anything before it or after. Yeah, and I, that's fine. But I'm just wondering, like, where what what is the implications for the children? Like, they're eating the food that's going to make them not be mutants. So well, eventually, it's not going to unmutant them. It just keeps more mutants it, from being yeah, born. Yeah, it, w- it affected the birth rate of mutants, not removed existing mutant powers. Okay, but that doesn't make sense to me because <laughs> I think it. I think it was the cure from part three no, as well. No, no, it's not. Because then, where do all the millions of mutants go? Because the whole movies they've been telling us there's millions of mutants. Look, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. They're all Just in hiding because they are being hunted by the Reavers. I don't know. That guy. They seem to understand that they were near extinct. That doctor even said, "There's so few of you left." I know. Where do they all go? I mean, they they've just been like, hunted out by Doctor Evil. They didn't really tell us Dr. that, though. They didn't make it seem <laughs> like know, they were hunting evil doctor. The Austin Powers guy? If they were well, doing that, they would have told us that. It's like, oh, you're hiding because you're scared they're going to come get you. They didn't say anything like that. But they, uh, sure they did. Maybe, they imp- maybe they, Patrick's right now. I'm starting to doubt my... Well, why Why else would Charles and Logan be hiding? You think they were just running because of the the Westchester incident? Yeah, because they think that he's a weapon famous. of mass, dis- mass destruction. He don't want to sign on the autographs. That's they, why they're trying to go out onto the water. Yeah, no so population. they can just die of old age without hurting other people. Yeah, the Sunseeker. I think that the food they were eating, it took the powers away from the other mutants. No. And I think that's why Charles is sick. And I think that's why his healing factor is no, Charles suffering. is sick because he has like dementia. Or no, that's, that's why. That's why because in X-Men Days of Future Past... This was Man, a year be before, and they're all in. perfectly healthy. Well, you know that timeline. Ain't nobody Fox care about don't that. don't give a rip about Wait, that timeline. No. So that's what your explanation is for Wolverine not being able to heal. It's not just the age and the adamantium in his body. The adamantium in the body is what's killing him. I think the healing factor could be from age, but I think it also could be from the, uh, the GMOs. The GMOs, yeah. <laughs> Because they were so heavy about like they were heavy-handed about those GMOs, which, which is fine. Because which is fine, yeah. Hey, hold on, those hold on. companies are the devil. Okay, that's fine. So really, Monsanto is to blame. Yes, leave yeah. Monsanto <laughs> leave destroyed the X Men. Leave a comment and help us figure out whether or not the mutants um, had been the gene had been regressed because of the GMOs, or no more mutants were being well, we, born we, because of the GMOs. We know for a fact that. A year ago in Westchester, there were 607 mutants because 600 people were hurt and seven people died. 600 people were hurt. They didn't say mutants. That's true. true. That is true. The seven people that died were probably the core X-Men. But they did only say they resulted in sterilization of the mutant gene. Yeah, that... that That's the only... They said that clearly. Right, because, because he said... 
stop you guys breeding so I can breed my own. That yeah. was his logic, not wipe out what exists. I he think said it I think it was a two part plan. There were the Reavers killing him, yeah. and the Doctor stopping any new ones being born so he could make him in a lab in Mexico City. Yep. Listen, I uh, actually agree with the first thing Patrick was saying in that, but not as I wouldn't go as far as he's going. So I didn't hate the premise of the kids. In fact, some of the really powerful images in the movie I thought landed when he was out there in Eden, the tree fort yeah. with the kids. The scene of the kids cutting his beard to look like the famous Wolverine. Yeah, that was, was I thought was funny and worked. That was a hook moment. It was a hook moment. And, uh, and I thought the image of the child holding the Wolverine toy over his grave was particularly oh, powerful. It was beautiful. It's like a, it, at that point, it becomes multidimensional. It's kind of meta. In yeah. that he, you know, he represents this to the audience and to this kid in this in the world of the movie. Um, but when they were all out there in the forest doing all their arbitrary mutant powers, I started to feel like this is starting to get like an X Men yeah movie. Like it didn't a, like X three. It didn't go full. This is lame. I can't even watch it anymore. I was still totally into the movie, but it was the only time in the whole movie that a part of me went. Eh. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, because it didn't make sense. Like, she's the killing machine, and she just doesn't think. She just goes and gets them all. But the same people being trained in the same way didn't do that. None of those other kids, they were all hiding, and they kind of snuck out and, like, blew some people up in a last-minute thing, but none of them were fighting like she was. Yaha, that one pine needle girl went all kinds of crazy with them. Yeah, but when she got cornered, like, Laura was, like, intentionally, like, gutting them. Well, because Laura is genetically predisposed predispo di, uh, whatever keep, keep keep trying okay <laughs> genetically predisposed there you go you found it is that the right word yeah. yeah she is she leans towards being hyper violent she freaking she killed that rage. guy because he tried to make or tried to kill that guy because he was like you got to pray for them pringles yeah that's fair like that's part of her genetic code. Of course. like okay. but like Patrick's if you think done. about like the the mutants that we know are being represented like uh, definitely bobby like he was always more passive than Wolverine like Wolverine oh, was made animalistic specific. no come on I didn't even need to think like oh that's Iceman's kid or whatever I was you just didn't? like here it come dumb mutant did. here come a bunch of dumb mutant things like he's gonna blow the Easter eggs have like their names he blows cold air and she makes pine cones fly yeah, around so which like, one had the grass kid. power the Dryad. grass power yes yeah, I was just like if they were gonna shoehorn extra mutants in there could they do something neat it's like the power yeah. of grass. That that's how I felt too. Is like, why are all these kids just huddled behind a tree hiding when they should be fighting? Because they're tiny but baby children. I think that it was probably just because they wanted to give Wolverine and and Laura their moment to fight together in the movie. In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give them their scene. You mean they being the filmmakers or the kids? The, they the film. Yeah, not the kids. Oh, it's, they, it's very the kids meta. Were aware they of the it. filmmakers. Let's give Logan and Laura their moment to fight together. Oh, and then they had to keep, fight. They, keep the rest of the kids out of the way. Let's simplify this and just let the the clawed beast. Yeah, and they were like seeing their hero. Obviously, he was their hero. Like, do it. Right. So they're just kind of watching. Like, he'll take care of us, maybe. And yeah. it was great because it lent into that Western iconography of he was in his white tank top and then the bad version of himself was in a black one and you got like the white hat and the black hat fighting yeah, for good. the for the lives of these kids i thought that was great yeah. yeah you know during the movie the x24 bit i thought it was cool it was it was effective and really interesting to see but then i the more i thought about it the idea of there being 
a personified version of the demon that um, Logan struggles with throughout his entire character arc across all the movies, which is, you know, the, the uncontrollable violence that has been unleashed as a result of not only his mutation, but the things done to him during Weapon X. This is like a personified version of the mindless, animalistic Weapon X Wolverine. And he, old man Logan, has to confront that version of himself like uh i guess in this case literally there's a you yeah. know what i mean there's an actual person there um to if someone were to describe it to you ahead of time you might say that sounds dumb but in the context of the movie i thought it was really effective um and kind of he was scary he was like jason Voorhees or something he it just was kept really coming. scary yeah and the uh the part where x24 is who kills charles and logan is so distraught that he thinks the final encounter between him and his essentially father is is him proving that he is a disappointment instead of fulfilling his dad's needs and buying them the boat and getting them there and then as he puts him on the truck charles thinking that, that they're on the boat and as his final breath ekes out of his body is just this really deeply emotional part where you can see this like all of Logan being like, no, I'm not that guy. I'm not that evil, animal, disappointment, rage-filled monster. You, I am the person that you've helped me become. Like, please know that it wasn't me. That's why I uh, welled up. Didn't weep. That was a powerful moment. Yeah. It was a great yeah. Moment. And the subtlety of uh, Patrick Stewart's performance mm-hmm. um, was really powerful. He was, he was really great to watch in this movie as kind of like a loony, foul-mouthed... Uh, sarcastic and mean sometimes mean but yeah still hints of this wise charming like benevolent professor in there i thought he he was able to actually realize that character in a truly interesting way for the for the first i mean his performances professor x are always really solid it's like yep there's patrick stewart being patrick stewart but um you know he has this sort of like sage-like perfectionism about him and all the other movies it's like yeah he's got his civil rights thing and he sits in his wheelchair and right he's almost thing. like beyond any kind of real yeah. interest in the character because you're just like nope he's a constant and he is always that constant and you know he always has that back and forth with magneto and he's always yeah. there and this kind of almost like a wonderful actor but just kind of like a, a prop piece because you always know what you're gonna get from him and um and in this one there was just this really beautiful like distraught uh pain that was there even that like as you just get those slivers of what happened in Westchester and you're like man something went really really wrong and he's like broken up about it yeah and it feels like he, he's blaming it on Logan he just kept saying what did you do what did you do like he knows something happened but he won't allow himself to take the yeah, it seemed like they were they were trying to mislead the audience into believing that maybe the reason we weren't seeing these characters is that Wolverine had done something. Which is true in the in the comic books, it is Wolverine that yeah, and the kills old man, all the X-Men. old man Logan, which in this movie is partly or loosely based in some to some degree. He was because he's old. old and he's a man and he's yeah. called Logan. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> he's old and it's a road trip. That's about where the similarities in. Hey Tyler, let me ask you this before uh, you're about uh, to say what you're going to say. I got a question. <laughs> Can I ask you this first? Yeah, all right. Okay. So you love the Wolverine movie? He just had a few questions, but he loved the, it. Yeah, he loved it. The one in Japan. Yeah. So there was a part <laughs> where uh, the girl says, "I got this." Remember, she could predict the future, kinda. Japanese girl Japanese with the red girl. hair. Mm-hmm. She said, I see a picture of you. You're lying in 
on your back, there's blood everywhere, and your heart is in your hand. And then we're, you know, it's like, oh, he's digging the spiders out of his chest later on or whatever. Yeah, remember those metal shrimp that were inside? <laughs> <laughs> I recall, yeah. yeah. So somebody said, hey, I, I read a, an article where somebody said, hey, look, it looks like that's what she was predicting. He's on his back, there's blood everywhere, and he's holding his daughter's hand. And then they reached out to the director, and he said that was the intention. Okay. Good job, James Mangold. So does that's that help cool. you like the Wolverine a little better? Retroactively? No, no, it doesn't help me like Wolverine any better. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, that's no, what joking. he means by heart in his hand? Yeah, he's yeah. holding his yeah. It's the I person who Obviously, he didn't have that in love. mind at the time. He yeah. was able to retroactively connect the two. When he said, when he when he was there with the, the branch through his chest and he's holding Laura's hand and he says, this is what it feels like. Do you think he was talking about being in a family or death? I think it was meant to be received both both. Yeah. Do you think it was deliberately yeah. ambiguous? I I think it was de- it was deliberately both things simultaneously. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a, uh, I mean the obvious reading is that he's like this is what it feels like to die because in the characters died a ton or he's you know he's like the Home Alone guys he's been through so much stuff that he should be dead from and yet he's not. <laughs> of course. Uh, but also I think that it was a callback to that moment that he has with Charles in the home of that family where he says, this is what a family is like. People who live together and love one another, you should stop and feel it. And he says, that's great. And he wants, you know, sarcastic grumps out of the room. Uh, he's just grumpy old Wolverine. And then at the end of the movie, he's able to say, this is what it feels like. He was finally allowing himself to feel the moment that he was not prepared for with Charles. Yep. That was the other part I welled up at. Yeah. I kind of did when she said, Oh daddy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Patrick and I are both fathers of daughters. So, yeah, there was definitely. Oh, so oh, hello. Me and yeah. Tyler are as well. Yeah, that's right. right. Hey, here. wait. We all are except Peter and Abby because she's not a father of anyone. We don't know. Peter's <laughs> we don't know. What was your question, Tyler? Yeah. Come on, Tyler. Or your questions. Remember <laughs> remember X-Men 3? <laughs> I wish oh, I yeah. What, what was that? Unfortunately, I actually like that movie. And, uh, and Professor Xavier dies. Yeah, he gets obliterated. <laughs> and so he transfers his consciousness into his his twin brother. His bald brother. Yeah. Couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't he have, like, just done that forever? He he lost his mind. Yeah, but it's in an old body, couldn't he have transferred his consciousness yeah, to a young have mind? Yeah, he a new brain. His brain was true. failing. His mind wasn't failing. His that's brain was true. failing. There were couldn't, moments couldn't, of lucidity. Yeah. Couldn't Professor Xavier essentially be immortal if he just kept transferring his consciousness? Yeah, but by the time his brain was failing him, at that point, his seemed like his ability to... It's to, too late. His powers weren't even what they once were. Remember, because he's talking about how he'd been communicating with Laura and Wolverine's like, no, you haven't. Like It's, it's almost as though he... He's got him stuck in that makeshift cerebro, and he, he's got him. It doesn't seem like his powers are what they yeah. once were. Yeah, that pseudo cerebro thing was was smart visual storytelling. Yeah, it was, and it was uh, with the like um, pinholes all in it, resembling mm-hmm. the lights that used to represent the people in mutants. That visually, the movie. Was yeah, what happened to the mutants, Matt? It was a great achievement visually. But wait, they were hunted by the Reavers. Can we ask um, people's? Can we debate? Did sure, that's the what we're here for. in the hotel yeah. where it takes two minutes to ring the elevator. Yeah, where that Charles obviously has the seizure thing and everyone's like, um, I think that he is able to control it and he does it on purpose. No, no. the so seizure. That, yeah. Well, so that's, that, that was the implication because Wolverine yes. gets there and 
And uh, and then Charles says, I, the I had to stop them. I had to stop them so they couldn't hurt her. Yes. It's like he did it on purpose. They think but then why Josh does he go through the, it's on accident. He goes through the casino apologizing to everyone. Because he still hurt everybody. He, he oh. hated hurting people. He you was, think you agree with Abby? Well, at that if the that's line what he is said. what he said, then yeah. I that's what he said. That he said. I've, only, he I've only seen the movie once, but I thought what he said was when when he was confronted about not taking his pills, because Wolverine immediately yes. says, you stop taking the pills, and he says, I did what I had to do. I thought that he meant he needed his wits about him while he, so he started hiding the pills because he wanted to be there and present in the moment. So he was lying about him because he needed them to communicate with Laura. So you think he just happened right before a bullet went in his head to have a seizure that would have happened yes. or, or yeah. do you well, think the that stress. he was no he stress induced when they I don't came in with guns I don't want to Prometheus this but you, you think do he, the work for them right he he stopped taking the pills because he needed his wits about him he tried to use his powers and induced a seizure because of it to me that's more believable than that's fine but that would still mean that he did it on purpose I right, I don't so, think yeah. the seizure was like on purpose. I think he tried to like, you know, he could. He was a telepath, so like make all those soldiers like shoot each other instead of shooting. Yeah, him or and maybe Laura. he may tried to freeze them like he tried he's done to freeze in every him, movie. Yeah, exactly. He tried to freeze them, and because of that, because he hadn't been taking his medicine, it induced a seizure, which affected all of the surrounding area. Where do you stand on this, Peter? Where do you stand on seizure gate? <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could see it both ways. I, I think when I first saw it, I originally felt. Okay, they broke into the room and he freaked out and went into a seizure. Yeah. Like, I don't think he knew that they were there until they were already just going through the door. So, right. They 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 were were so close. They were right up on him. They were right up on him. So, it could could be either one. He knew. Mm, Peter's such a peacemaker. Uh, I've got got praise and um, what's the antonym of critique? Critique, criticism. Yeah, criticism. Praise report. Spent Pray, a hard prayer request. No, I've got criticism and and uh, praise for two other two pieces of visual storytelling here. Okay, you ready for? In them? addition to the silo thing. So the silo thing was great. Yeah, uh, in Days of Future Past, we've got that slow motion kitchen scene. It's great. And like X Men kind of set a standard where they have to have some sort of visually stunning, you know, cool scene, and they're probably thinking, well, how do we? How do we do that again with this storyline? And uh, in a in a Apocalypse, they did the the school exploding in slow motion, which was interesting. So I think that this seizure thing was probably you know obviously a callback to Professor Xavier freezing time, but then the breakdown of his mind with the seizure thing. I think that's what that's like the brilliant visual storytelling. Like it was agreed. They found a great way to make that natural for them to create a stunning visual scene with everybody's frozen but kind of shaking and then that there's that one guy in the doorway who could slowly turn but not fast enough to respond to logan so that was great i really loved that but i've got a criticism coming at you now you ready okay Here right, we thanks go. for patting it with the praise <laughs> i thought that the uh hidden camera exposition stuff the iphone footage was so bad because it clearly we talked about this afterwards it, it clearly ended a video on her edited phone then put a voiceover on it and had footage from someone else's phone. Right. It's as if they were just expecting us to just forget what we're watching. I think we a lot forgot, of people... We forgot how phones work. I think a lot of people <laughs> won't pick up on that. But I know 
a lot of people who are more into movies or who have edited video themselves will clearly yeah. recognize. Well, it starts with her just shooting a selfie video of herself talking into her, her phone. And then it cuts to like grainy, noisy footage yeah. of well, isn't she shooting security the, cams. Shooting the selfie video in the motel where she's killed. So she's taking the selfie, explaining it, and then also there has a laptop with Final Cut Pro on to make right, the right, right. I got it. I got it. I got Maybe it. it's like iMovie where you just press a button and it just makes something oh. for you <laughs> with all of the footage you but have. <laughs> what, what bothered me most wasn't so much that she took the time to, to cut this video up and edit it together. It was, that, it was that we were expected to believe that she was just walking around this facility with her phone hanging out of her pocket so she could... So she yeah, could film it. Some moments that but were it kept so, uh, it kept cutting classified. back to different perspectives. Like it was inside of one yeah. of the like training rooms, and the camera falls to the ground because the kid attacks it. It's like that's not this nurse anymore. Like, <laughs> that's clearly one of the guards. That's like the body cam off of a guard. It's like, does she get that footage and add it to her while archive? she was hiding in the toilet paper closet? Right. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? No, you know? I'm with you, Tyler. That that took me out of the movie too a bit. You no, know, it's he, funny. He, in the moment, it it did me as well. Absolutely, I was thinking everything you guys are saying, and then I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, what, true. Here's the answer, though. Wait, wait, real quick. Okay, also. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it? 2027 or something? 2029. 2029. So 12 years in the future. And she still has a phone that more or less resembles an iPhone 7. And that's the quality. Maybe it's that's, <laughs> the, that's the answer is 12 years in the future. Well, you can edit movies and like get body cam footage. There you it's go. all in the cloud. Yeah, it's but, but it's in the cloud. But still, the quality of that footage is so bad. Trucks are <laughs> driving themselves. Look, man. This we, is the thing. We've had this thing. Yeah, she is, she's not a wealthy person. She got like the lowest grade. No, man. Oh, man. 2029. Yeah, come like on. A, that's like a disposable phone. <laughs> that's a flip yeah. phone, man. <laughs> that's a flip phone. No, we, that's a burner uh, phone that you buy at the AT&T kiosk there's a, there's in the mall. I feel, like, I feel like we had this conversation after we talked about Cloverfield is that they're trying to do found footage in a digital stuff age. now. But with iPhones, it's like iPhones don't glitch out like that. Yeah. It's going to be HD quality footage. All your found footage 4K. needs to be 1080p. Yes. So for her to be walking around okay. with this staticky footage from body cams. And well, the body cams might not be I nice. I don't know, man. They I might just be just running just real pieces of crap. They're running tape. They just yeah. needed to tell they, the they, story. They did, they did so well creating this, this very believable future. This very believable dystopian future where technology has advanced, but not so far that we don't recognize it. The trucks driving without the cabs in front of them, that's not crazy. That's already being talked about on the news. Why didn't they put more effort into this this found I, footage I honestly exposition? would love an answer to that question. I, there, there had to have been a conversation where someone was saying, Yo, hey, that's Jim, not how that works. Jim, this is how in the world did she make this video? I want, and I'm for the life of me, I can't conceive of why they just didn't say, well, that doesn't make any sense. So we'll have her do the exposition, and then we'll have her say, here's a video I stole. Right. Or just have him flip through the different videos or and watch little sections. Or right. There's right. Instead of ways implying to go that it. it's like edited together. So yeah. Fox, we need a job. We hire us. Yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Tyler's the one they who They could have just up. done her voiceover and then cut to things that she saw maybe. Right, her POV, right. Yeah. like a, like we're a flashback, rather that. than rather than making a whole thing about how like we're waiting for the phone to charge on because he had to go. <laughs> 
go into the like quickie mart to buy a phone charger. Yeah, yeah. I like that because it's like Wolverine is one of the most powerful mutants in the world, and is beholden he to his. He can't find out the plot bag. of the movie because he can't get a freaking phone. <laughs> I charger. loved when he put on his glasses and then had the tag still. Yeah, I thought that was great. <laughs> that was awesome. He hadn't bothered to take off the price tag. Yeah, old man Logan. So, what? Uh, get it? Because of his eyes, he's having getting seen old. this yeah, movie yeah. and having seen comic book movies, superhero movies that work, and superhero movies that don't work even really within this franchise, but within the broader genre, what do you guys think that fans of this genre, fans of the source material, what do they actually want to see? We have conversations all the time about how like, oh, studios are so stupid, they're up there saying, they just want to see mutants, shoehorn every freaking mutant in there. Nobody wants to see that crap. And more and more as we've gotten to this movie, it's just amazing to me that it took us 10 movies to get like a truly impeccable Wolverine movie when the character himself is so rich and so easy, you know what I mean? He lends himself to story so well and it takes a movie that essentially flips the rest of the franchise off to the degree that it's not slavish to the other movies at all. Thank God. Yeah. And it's not slavish to the source material whatsoever. In fact, it seems to me like Mangold has even been like, yeah, it would make a ton of sense to use a recognizable comic book or, you know, X-Men character here, but let's not because it seems to me like he wanted to make a focused movie that was about these characters. And if you stick Cyclops in there, regardless of if you can make it work in the continuity, now all of a sudden it's a movie about Cyclops as well. And we don't need to be distracted by him. Just put the albino that nobody cares about. Put, you know, uh, I love Xavier. This. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah, they felt natural. I th- yeah. thought it was fine for them to have Professor like a funny Xavier. Funny old in. married couple yeah. complaining about washing his underoos. Yeah, I think that the I think that people who like movies and even people who are super into the you know the world of the source material, they act they actually just want to see a good movie and they don't need yep. it. I don't even think they we at the end of the day we really care how faithful it is to the source material if the deviation is in the name of a good movie. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you think the fans of the source material felt about seeing the source material in the movie? You mean like the comic book and stuff? Mm-hmm. I, lo- I thought the execution of that premise was well well done. I liked it. It, it yeah, added it a really weird, kind of cool dimension to the... To me, I actually really, really appreciated that because it, especially Logan's reaction to it, because he kept saying, this is made up, like, this is for kids, this is for all that. And that kind of rang, um, I don't know, it has significance for me when I thought about all the other X-Men movies and the other Wolverine movies. As- with this one being rated R, I felt like all those other ones seemed like comic book movies. They seemed like kids' movies. Yeah, like and Patrick this one saying. didn't. And so when we saw, just in the first scene, when we saw what he was doing with his claws it was a totally different feeling than any other Wolverine movie, any other X-Men movie. And I feel like we finally got to see what Logan sees. And we finally got to experience like the horror that he experiences when he has to fight people. And so that's what made it's the character development to me in this movie, like so much more real. Yeah. Cause in the other movies you're like, 
What's he so bummed about? All he does is jump on people with a cord <laughs> on his back and yeah. <laughs> right. fly that, through there. That line from Shane that killing's like a brand and you can never shake it made so much more sense in the context of this movie and even that conversation he has with Laura where she's like, well, they're all bad people. Yeah, he, he says, even, just the even same. so. Yeah, yeah just, just the same. same. Like it's that really was so writing. resonant because we'd actually seen violence done by them instead of just off screen, bloodless, yeah. just schnicked. And I think, and I think this is—that's exactly what made the movie feel so heavy and so wearing the entire time. Because every single time he popped his claws and did something, you had to. <laughs> you had, the, oh, even even, those claws. even when he claws. was like doing that like self care, and there's one that was like stuck in there with arthritis, and he had to like <laughs> bloody his hand <laughs> to get the third claw out of his hand. You're like, man, he's he's doing that not. Because it feels good, but because he knows, like, <laughs> guys, stop. But because he knows Papa eventually he's going to use, he's gonna have to use that, like, to do more violence against people. And he has to be prepared to yeah. protect, at that point, protect Caliban and, and Charles Xavier. And he has to see it, and we have to see it now. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, isn't it interesting that movie like Logan, which... Wolverine doesn't even look like Wolverine in almost the entire movie. He looked rough. He looked totally rough, beaten up. He didn't if you would have presented a photo of Hugh Jackman in this in this iteration to a bunch of fans that and it had never been adapted before, they'd all be like, "What? That doesn't look like Wolverine." He doesn't look like Wolverine. He never wears a suit, obviously. Not not even like the leather duds, let alone that he doesn't I mean, he ends up in a tank top at one point, but they don't even have him in like his belt buckle and you know what I mean, the kind of cowboy right he grabs a cigar but he never smokes it yeah yeah um they charles xavier is like matt was saying not what's not representative of what we know about that character whatsoever he was representative of a certain shade of patrick stewart's depiction of that character but uh the what's left of the comic book mythology is slim at best there's barely any mutants they're they're not any high profile a list no. mutants um, the story is not anything recognizable from the comic books, shades of this thing or that thing. And everyone immediately walks away being like, by far the best, or at least the general consensus is like, yes, this is finally a serious, good movie. And it just, uh, I hope that that kind of thing creates ripples, the same kind of ripples that I hope Deadpool creates in which we don't necessarily, if it, if it works and it's faithfully adapted from the material, then that's cool. Great. But if it doesn't work to have him in a yellow spandex suit, then I don't need to see him in a yellow. I'd rather see a good movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and well, Fox has proven to us that they're completely hit or miss. <laughs> and uh, More miss than hit. Yeah, right. it really is. So at this point, it would be great to say, like, uh, let's just hang out and don't recast this for a long oh, time. Oh, please, Lord. But you you know they already have I meetings know, about that. There's too much money there. Yeah, they're absolutely sitting around tables just freaking out, being like, we got to... Call this person's people. We got to figure yeah, out how so much. So what's interesting is, is what cost. is the reboot going to be like? Because surely it, it's going to be Laura. That would be a cool approach, but I I bet money. I don't think fans would tolerate a whole thing built out of Laura without no. any Wolverine. Yeah, I, there's a new Wolverine coming, a oh, new yeah. Logan coming, a new recast, and a whole new reboot. At, thi- at this after point, this, there's like, oh, he's a hot brand again. He's making a lot of money. Don't they? Don't I, they need to wait until the um, the other the other X Men are done? 
I think they are think. done. They're still no, they're still churning that crap out. There's yeah, another, there's a new one coming out. Man and a TV show. Because that well, that's are very clearly is the same universe. So they can't start another universe while this one's still. But you know what's going, interesting really? about the Fox crap and the hit or miss movies is that I was thinking about on the way out. There's something that ended up working inadvertently about the reckless disregard for the timeline. It starts to feel almost like a cartoon movie universe where. Mm. You can just plop down and tell a story from somewhere. You know what I mean? We don't tolerate that in other comic book franchise movies, especially think about if Marvel Studios was just like, hey, Captain America's old in this one and he's going to do something and it kind of violates some... We'd be like, what is happening? That doesn't make any sense. But X-Men's able to be like, oh, this movie takes place in a future where all the mutants are dead because the Sentinels and Wolverine has to go back in time. And we don't go, wait, what? This didn't, what? You know, you just go like, cool, whatever. And you just watch the thing. Yeah, they'll just do a thing like, oh, if this happens, then the universe we see is happening. But if this happened, a whole new thing happens. It's and just, Wolverine looks different now. It's like, yeah, it's like cartoon logic. It's episodic. You just, you know, some characters and a premise and you get dropped down in different places of the timeline. I think maybe it, it might've been more interesting to approach a cinematic or a franchise or a connected movie universe like that from the outset and do things like they ended up bumbling their way into where you have stories like, here's some stories about the young ones. Here's stories about the future. Here's story about the middle. Even sometimes it connects. Sometimes it doesn't. Even though Jean Grey was already like 16 in the eighties and is, has got to be only 25 in 2000 or something. Well, you didn't think like, you didn't believe her as a 25 year old. <laughs> I mean like good Lord. I'm like, in 20 years, you can only age 10. Like, that's that's the problem they've had with setting stuff back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and then the other stuff that started in 2000. Like, they're, at some point, all these young ones are going to run into the old versions of themselves and all their friends that are going to be younger than yem, them, but they've been around since, like, 1973, and you're like, what the heck is freaking going on? Younger than yum, man. Uh, <laughs> younger than we, yum. We obviously can't leave until we don't have to recapitulate our entire list but everyone needs to say where they think this movie fits into the X-Men franchise. And I think everyone also needs to comment just briefly on where they think this fits into the superhero movie pantheon. I know it's been said a little bit already, but Patrick, what do you think? Uh, it, so when we rated them, my favorite was Deadpool. And to put this against Deadpool is hard because they're completely... Di- it's like comparing a comedy and a... Uh, intense drama you know um i would put it equal with deadpool right now for me i just don't know which one i would pick depending on like what i was in the mood for a comedy or a drama i guess uh maybe a dramedy doing back to back dang if i was putting them in <laughs> the whole superhero <laughs> genre i think this is up to me with uh a level of light the dark knight so it would be easily in the top three for me at this point but, you know, I just saw it once, like, two days ago, so I need to think about it more. Peter, what do you think? Oh, it's, yeah, like Patrick said, I only saw it once, so it's kind of hard to tell. But but you got to. But yeah. I have this to. This is the end of the episode. You got to have something to say. Um, I thought it was very good, and like I've already said, it stands on its own without superhero crutches as a very good film. Um. I have to say it's probably probably my favorite X-Men movie yeah or it's like you just came to that realization right in front of us I know you really yeah. did you heard it here first you heard it. <laughs> we, we watched the process 
if you had to like put it pit it up against what people traditionally think of as the great comic book adaptations you think it has a place there? You well, need time. Are we comparing it against X-Men movies or just all all, 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 superheroes. all superhero all movies superhero of all movies. time? Oh boy. Don't forget and like Blade 3. Right. And <laughs> Su- Superman 4: The Quest for Peace. You don't that have to ra- you don't have to too. rank them all out, but do you yeah, think yeah. like does it shoot to the top? Do you have no it's, idea? It's definitely in the top 3. Oh, good dang. dang. Ding. Tyler what do you think? You were the only one who didn't go, my God, it was the best like the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah, I'm notoriously uh, indifferent. Butthead, butt stinky? Yeah. Mean. Um, <laughs> Tall, short? I, I liked Logan. I thought it was good. Is definitely a... It distinguished itself among the rest. I, I would still put Days of Future Past above Logan, but Logan and Deadpool are... They're fighting for that next spot. I don't know how to compare them either. They're different, no. obviously. <laughs> right? We we <laughs> determined that those aren't the same movie. They're not the same movie. It's so yeah. interesting to me. Like Days of Future Past better than Logan. Uh, yeah, one is decidedly way more comic booky, cartoon. Yeah, because you don't you don't like the comic book movies as much. No, Days of Future Past. I think is just is so smart and original. Just because Fastbender's hunting Nazis. Fastbender's no, great in time travel movie. Holmes. Is it? That's yeah. first class? Yeah, but Fastbender is great in all Fast of his, great in his roles as everything. Magneto. Yeah. For your Days of Future Past is the T2 plot. Oh, yeah, that's right. That part of the beginning with the Sentinels is raw. What about, since you're not necessarily a, a, always a sucker for the comic book movies, does this one float to the top since this competition yeah, is not it's, all that stuff? Yeah, it's one of the higher quality comic book movies, yeah. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is probably doing it best obviously but i would say that logan is better than the majority of them i don't know if it's better than all of them but it's up there with the better marvel films but but i think the best comic book movies got to be watchmen Mm. superhero movie uh and logan makes a good case logan's nowhere near that that's a good freaking point watchmen's great (laughs) tough yeah, you just threw the Watchmen out there. And now we're all thinking about. Yeah, Watchmen. I gotta maybe renege on everything maybe. I said right, earlier. Matt, what do you clarify I mean, the points you made previously? Yeah, I think it. I think it's the best in the X Men movies. I think it's obviously then also the best Wolverine movie. And uh, yeah, I still think that it is the best comic book movie up there with like Watchmen and the Dark Knight but I think for me better mm, it's tough it's tough those are all great movies Abby what do you think I think that it's uh, easily the best X-Men movie even though I do like Days of Future Past also because of Fastbender um, your, your reasons are always so concrete. <laughs> Fastbender is really carrying that franchise. Hey, he's hot. I get it. I just thought that was the joke earlier. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a good movie. I mean, it's a good movie. I agree. I Fastbender contributes movie. to that. Although I haven't seen Apocalypse, I think. No, not, you don't not need a good to. Movie. Not um, as good. It's fine. Anyway, I think that Logan stands as like what Peter was saying, just a good movie. Like, I think my dad and my grandpa and my mom... <laughs> <laughs> don't oh take there's uh, a date don't <laughs> a weird do date. not take your mom and dad and grandpa to see logan no i think they would like it because it's like 
you don't have to be into like comic books and you don't have to know the universe and whatever. You just got to be into a 10 year old slicing people's skulls up. Yeah. It's, it's just a a good, like honestly, sure. grandpa loves that. It's kind of like a war movie with claws. And I just think it's, it's it's a good standalone movie. It doesn't have to be uh, a superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. it, It, you, you can't say about, a great many comic book or superhero movies that they're existential character dramas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Civil War. Yeah, that doesn't really work to Civil War. It's like it's an ensemble. Yeah, it honestly makes Marvel movies look like... I mean, not that Marvel movies are bad. I think I enjoy them because they're like action-y. But it makes Marvel movies look like silly. Like slapsticky. It's it's because Logan went somewhere that they wouldn't dare. Yeah, yeah they can't I don't do mean that. silly bad. I mean like slapsticky, like Marvel. right because because <laughs> they are selling toys and have to have kids in the theater and have to have five hundred thousand million characters. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jeez, that's an undertaking. That's you a know. lot of characters. There's probably that many people. No, there's not. Nope. Um, I think Logan is uh, is is also my favorite X Men movie. Previously, I was like Patrick. I had Deadpool at the top with Days of Future Past right behind it. Um, but I think that I, uh, after the one viewing, I, I'm excited to have more time with it. Um, de- they're they're interesting because their experiences are somewhat similar. They both surprise you with something fresh that you didn't expect to be that good, uh, both Deadpool and Logan. But Logan, based on how heavy the drama hits, based uh, are against how funny and unique and quirky. Deadpool is, I think Logan w- might win out for me. It might be my, I think right now it's my favorite of the X-Men movies. And not unlike uh, um, the rest of these guys, I feel like uh, it easily takes its place among the best superhero adaptations that have ever been. And it's it's funny because usually when we say something like that, we, we mean that to say, yeah, it was like, it was a superhero movie that wasn't silly and the character was cool and the act, and I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm, I think there's a place for that. Um, but Logan uniquely holds itself up as also just a good movie, which I think is is kind of rare. Even movies that I truly love that I think of as like cultural milestones, like the Avengers movie. Um, I don't think Avengers just holds up as like a a movie, an enduring movie. It's like the culmination of something incredible and it's popcorn and it's action and adventure and all that stuff. And Logan transcends all those things. So I think um, it would easily go up there with a dark Knight or even a, a watchman in terms of the the things that it's the topics that it's broaching. And like I agree with Tyler hundred percent. So they're, they're going, he's going a place with this film that Marvel studios wouldn't dare. And I think Abby's not in, entirely wrong in saying that it does make some of Marvel Studios feel a bit campy when in and of itself it works fine and I'm grateful for everything that it's doing Um, and I don't think that it's the job of Marvel Studios to make Iron Man (laughs) become a deep meditation on grief and the things we leave behind because they're just not going to do it. Yeah and if all the Marvel movies were this rated R drama centric thing then as soon as we got like a popcorn one we were like oh man thank god one's not taking it's this true. so seriously you know it's, it's true just we like would we'd hail it from the rooftops so it's part of the context and the time i think that hugh jackman's depiction of wolverine uh will be the most enduring and beloved uh portrayal of any comic book character in a movie um for sure it's 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 just 
interesting and rare that you see anyone revel in a character that much and for that long clearly love what they're doing even <laughs> even after a great many setbacks like x-men origins to stick with it and to want as much for the character as the audience wants from the character maybe something like ryan reynolds deadpool if it stands the test of time he clearly he loves that thing because he'll just put on that suit for no good reason and <laughs> do stuff but i think part of it is that part of it is the the joy of seeing hugh jackman in that role that he can show up in a movie and say one line in 11 seconds go after yourself or whatever he says in uh first class and we all go hooray you know or in the apocalypse that awful nonsense scene he's in but we all go hooray <laughs> yeah but man i love watchmen so with that i'm just now that we've got hugh on the show i just want to ask hugh a question of what it feels like to be done oh thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me Thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Where do you stand in the great Logan debate? Are you with most of us and loving it a ton? Are you trying to play it cool like Tyler was? Do you have actually some horrible things to say about the movie? Leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com and let us know what you thought. While you're there, this might be your very last chance to get a t-shirt for all I know. At the time of writing this, man, there might be like one or two t-shirts left. And this could be your only chance to have your life full and robust, filled with uh, meaning and purpose. Without that t-shirt, I don't, I don't know. I thought you too late already. I hope for your sake that it's not.